with a look back over the weekend sports action. This is Full Time on KCLR with Sinead Kyo. Welcome along to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Hope you're all doing well. As always on this Monday evening, uh, lots and lots coming up on the show today. But before I get into all of that, do make sure to keep me company over the next hour. If you got any sporting news or comments, do get in touch on the Dinners Ready text or WhatsApp line. It's open now. It's 083-306-9696. Now, for what's coming up on the show today, uh, I'm going to be talking to Pat Cody on the crisis facing rural GAA clubs. We'll also hear from Turlock O'Brien on Aero Oaks emphatic win over Ballinabrana at the weekend. We'll also hear from the Inishtig woman who took part in the prestigious Ross Naman at the weekend. But first, fresh from making her Ireland debut only a couple of months ago, uh, Tullo's Dana O'Brien steered Old Belvedere to a 14-5 victory over the weekend and she joins me on the line now. How are you doing, Dana? I'm good. How are you, Jeanette? I'm not too bad. Um, I, I know in the introduction there, Dana, I gave um, it, it sounded like a mouthful. Uh, it was a lot that you've kind of packed into the last couple of months. I know you only did the leaving search just a few short months ago as well. You made your Irish debut and um, you're you're playing with Belvedere now as well and you're you're putting over penalties uh, to beat the band. So busy, busy time for you. Yeah, the last month, uh, last few months have been a bit of a whirlwind but um, yeah I'm really enjoying my time and it was fantastic uh, experience over in Japan making my Irish debut and yeah just just on that like making your debut over in Japan like you're you're still only a teenager um, but like going the whole way over to Japan and then you know coming on as number 10 you know there's so much responsibility there like how did how did that feel like was was it something that you relished or was it like did you feel that pressure yeah of course I was um, obviously nervous coming into it you know, as you said, the number 10 jersey holds an awful lot of responsibility. But um, I have to say there was an absolutely uh, fantastic group of girls around me and the management was just top class and they really made me feel welcome. And, um, yeah, the training was just uh, really high standard and I just I felt I grew in grew into that number 10 jersey. Yeah, and just on that jersey as well, uh, I was just reading there today that since 2018, uh, 10 different people have, have wore that shirt. So, like, do you kind of feel like now, uh, and I know we mentioned pe- pressure there a second ago, but just like specifically around that jersey, is there a lot of pressure there, do you think, Dana, to produce the goods in that position? Yeah, of course there is. Like, I know a lot, an awful lot of 10s have came and gone in that jersey, but... Um, Look, hopefully the next six months will go well for me and, you know, the Six Nations is my next big goal and hopefully I'll I'll be able to stick at it. And uh, just something else that I wanted to bring up with Dazel, something I forgot to mention in the intro. Um, I think you have just so many strings to your road, Anna, that it's hard to get get through them all. But you also kick a little bit of football there with the Carlo footballers. And something that I, I wanted to ask you, like, is it, do you think the skills from football are transferable to, to rugby? Like, do you think that that benefited you in terms of just being able to apply those uh, those skills to a different discipline? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's um, definitely a correlation between girls who have played uh, multiple sports in their careers, like the likes of Stacey Flood and Lucy Mulhall, who are with the Irish Sevens team. They they also kick football, you know, for their clubs and their counties. And um, yeah, definitely, especially starting sports from a young age, I think 
it probably has benefited me in my skill set and definitely carried on to the rugby field too. Um, and just like I know like we, we kind of spoke about it there a second ago as well but you know it, I think you really just can't um, over emphasise just how important it is for a young girl like yourself to to pull on the Irish jersey just to kind of reflect back on that and that trip over to Japan uh, Dana like what was that like for you like I know we spoke about it there from a sporting context but what was it like for your for your family for your town in, in Tolo as well there, there must have been so much pride uh, there for you um, and they just must have been so happy for you as well for you to achieve that Yeah like it was um, a, a dream that I had from a very young age and it, it still kind of feels like a dream you know it feels a bit surreal still but um, yeah my family were very proud and I had so much support from Tullo and every, every all my family and friends and um, yeah it was just a gr- great pride thrown on that Irish jersey and uh, yeah, it still doesn't feel real. And what's kind of the focus for you at the moment? I know that we mentioned there old Belvedere as well and um, you, like, you know, you're doing really well with them at the moment and the penalties, they're all going well for you. Uh, like, what was it like making that transition from your home club in Tullow to old Belvedere? Um, yeah, so obviously there's, you know, there's a, a big step up in the standard, but um, I think being thrown into the Irish setup and um, spending the summer with with the Irish girls, you know, it, it kind of my my career has been a bit backwards, and um, I think being involved with the Irish setup has kind of made that step up a bit a bit easier. You know, coming back back home to play AIL, and um, yeah, no, I'm just enjoying my time, and hopefully, you know, the next few months will be, will go well for me. And aside from sport then, uh, Dana, because I know that we were, you know, I, I mentioned there as well that you have just finished your, your leaving search. So uh, away from sport, what's what's the kind of plan in terms of, um, like, are you going on to, to further your studies or, or what's the kind of the plan around all of that? Yeah, so the plan is to go up to VCU and uh, I'm going to study accounting and finance and, you know, hopefully I'll enjoy that and, you know, hopefully I can get a degree and, and have something there for, you know, when I'm when I'm not playing will be full time and um, you know, it's always good to pursue other interests outside of outside of rugby. Yeah, you you definitely have a, a lot going on, but you you seem to be taking it all in your stride anyway. Well, listen, it's been lovely chatting to you, uh, Dan, and, and hopefully we'll we'll have you back on the show very soon if you can fit us into your your busy schedule. Uh, but listen, best of luck with everything, and we'll we'll chat to you again very soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Dana. Uh, that was Dana O'Brien there uh, making her Irish debut just two months ago. And uh, of course, she's a Tullo woman as well. So lots of talent coming from that particular part of Carlo. We're going to take a quick ad break now. And coming up after the break, I'm going to be talking to the Inishtig woman who took part in Ross Naman over the weekend. Full time on KCLOR. For thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Full time on KCLOR. For thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Welcome back 
two full time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, as many of you may know, because you were probably out watching it uh, over the last couple of days, Ross Naman reached its conclusion yesterday after a very wet week on the roads of Kilkenny. I'm delighted now to be joined on the line by Inishtig's very own Jane Cullen, who took part in the prestigious race over the last couple of days. Jane, you're very welcome to the show. Sinead, thanks for having me on. How are you? Not at all. I'm very good. How are you keeping yourself? Oh, I'm grand. Yeah, recovering anyway. So recovering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's been it's been um, a fairly tough couple of days. One I'm sure that you've you've thoroughly enjoyed and relished in. But uh, over the last five days, you've racked up quite a few uh, kilometers to say the the least. You've covered a lot of ground there, Jane. Oh, we have, yeah. Like, say, we've done 400 plus kilometres, five, five days, six stages, yeah. Um, dipping into Kenny and dipping in now to Leash and into Oxley and everything. We've been, yeah, we've, we've done the two of it all, really, you know. Um, yeah. So just talk us through it, Jane. So it's it all kicked off on Wednesday. And, um, like, how many kilometres would you have kind of covered from, say, Wednesday through to Sunday? Oh, from Wednesday to Sunday, well, like, the stages were nearly... I think it was about 400 altogether. So Wednesday we left from the Hoban Hotel and then we worked our way down to Callan and it was a wet and miserable day and we went out to Danesford Road and then the flag dropped and it was it was all guns blazing then and we went at God, lightning speed. I'd never seen anything. I've only been racing a short while myself but I've never seen speeds like it and it was an experience to say the least, you know, um, and made it to Callan. So, and yeah, that was stage one. And um, and Jane, sorry, just yeah, like uh, like you just mentioned there as well, like you haven't been racing that long, but yet, like Ross Naman is a serious competition. Like this is the equivalent of Tour de France over here in Ireland for women. So like to say that you've only been racing a short while and you're taking part in this competition, it's a huge achievement. Um, oh. Like how how did you actually get into it then? Like when did you start racing? So yeah, so last year I started racing, um, it was last, last summer, and I just kind of, well it was the winter before that I decided, because I said right, I'm going to have to put in winter training here and everything, um, but kind of how I got into cycling, I was cycling to work actually, I was living in Dublin at the time, and I, it was a bit of around the world in 80 days if I was to try and get buses and things like that in Lewis, so I said, you know what, I'll get a bike, and I was cycling to work, it was a bit of exercise as well, you know, so, um, and then I changed jobs and moved. And I said, God, I kind of miss the bike now. So I said, you know what, I'll buy a bike. My my uncles and my cousin were into it. So I was like, you know, I'll, I'll give that a go. It'll be a bit of exercise. And yeah, I went out with them and they brought me to a few races and everything. And it was it was brilliant. And I kind of got hooked then. I was like, oh, I might give this a go, you know. So I started winter training then in, when was it, um, like November 2020. And I had a year of that and started racing. And I was just, I just loved it from there on then. And I just, I've just been at it ever since, really. Oh my God, I, I didn't realise now because obviously, us, uh, full disclosure, myself and Jane know each other very well, we're good friends, uh, but I didn't realise that uh, that you had actually only taken up the sport uh, only a couple of years ago uh, and then to be competing in Ross and Amon, that's, that's unbelievable. And can you just talk us through as well, um, Jane, because I know that it is a very serious competition and I've spoke to, to people on the show about it um, over the last couple of weeks and, you know, it's top, top athletes that are taking part in this race so can you just talk us through like the preparation that goes in to getting ready for an event like Ross and Amon 
Well, say the top top athletes like the, the professional teams, like say for example, there were teams from the, from the states, there were teams from the Netherlands. These are all full time girls, you know. They're they're racing day in day out. They're full time, and most of the group, most of the peloton is actually professionals. And there's about thirty Irish girls. You know, they'd be the say the best in the country, and that they get to compete as well. So, like just say for myself, preparation. Like I said, was it last November? Um, just gone. I said, right, I've done a year of racing. I want to do the Ross next year, so I decided, I was like, right, I need to get a trainer, so I got um, Martin Mizgaishka on board, he spinned the bean, and I said, I need to be serious about this, so I got a whole training plan and everything, and I said, I want to do the Ross, that's the key, and I want to, you know, do my best at the, at the local races as well, but the big goal for me, I said last November, was I want to do Ross and Mon, and I want to, to, want to be able to compete in it and finish it, and yeah, I was able to do that, so yeah, it was a great season. And and Jane, how special was it for you to take part, I suppose, in this competition because of the fact that it is, you know, based here in Kilkenny? Did that make it extra special for you, being a Kilkenny woman? Oh, yeah, like it is. It's, it's very special. Like, say, stage two, it, was, um, it went through in the sea where I'm from and not even once, but twice, you know. <laughs> and uh, no, it was just, it was really special because like that, you're, you know, training up these roads all the time you're going up it in the in the depths of the winter and the wind and the rain and in the summer too as well you know as you can see we got we got um, bad weather but yeah it's just really nice to be able and like that you're rubbing shoulders with professionals with girls that you know one week they're here doing Ross and next week they could be doing a, a, a race in the Netherlands they could be doing the Tour de France next year um, do you know it is it's, it's very very special you know and and Jane just like with it being Ireland obviously and I know you mentioned the rain there like that's obviously something that you have to brace yourself for and train for uh, but like how does an, how does like really wet conditions like like we saw yesterday like we saw on Friday how does that impact the race oh huge like they like stop, stopping distance obviously you know yourself it's very similar to driving a car you know um, if you you know you can't say brake suddenly because you just they slide off the road so even at that it's it's again cycling with the professionals you know they don't they're going into corners they're, the roads there's puddles on the roads and they just don't brake and you just it's like everything you learn you know it makes you a better cyclist and you, you get through it yeah they just you know they're doing it day in day out and it's it's a, it's a joy to watch as well as so special to be in, involved in as well, you know. Yeah, and I suppose that's where the Irish cyclists probably get a bit of a, an advantage because we get plenty of rain over here, so we get the practice in. Um, but listen, Jane, it's been a pleasure talking to you and congratulations on competing in, in such um, in a significant uh, race that takes place over here in Ireland. A great achievement and, and well done to you. And look, hopefully we'll have you on the show again soon talking um, all things cycling again, but it's been a pleasure talking to you and we'll, we'll chat to you again soon. Sinead, thank you very much. Thanks, Jane. Uh, that was uh, that was Jane Cullen there, a Kilkenny woman who was competing in Ross Naman. Uh, we're going to take a quick ad break now, and coming up after the break, I'm going to be speaking to former Carlo Hurler, uh, Pat Cody. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartzskoda.ie. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartzskoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Now, just before the break, 
uh, I said that we would be chatting to former Carlo Hurler Pat Cody um, and he is joining me on the line now and the thing that we're going to be discussing um, I just came across there at the weekend a very interesting but quite worrying article uh, written by journalist uh, Frank Roach there and he was just kind of talking about uh, just the decline of uh, GAA clubs in rural areas and uh, talking about how it's not just a problem in Galway kind of focused on Galway but saying it is a problem all around the country so as I said I am joined on the line now by Pat Cody to discuss this uh, first of all Pat how are you getting on how are you keeping Oh, very well, Sinead, yeah, very well, yeah. Good, good. Um, back to, to see things and work and uh, back in school here in Boris, so yeah, yeah, after the back, long summer break that we had, yeah. Back to the grind. Um, But yeah, Pat, like as I said there in the intro, you know, um, just reading that article, it just kind of does bring it home. I suppose it's something that we we knew about that um, a lot of rural GAA clubs across the country are struggling to field teams and struggling with a lot of different factors, people migrating, emigrating um, and, you know, just just other things, maybe transferring to, to various clubs as well. It is an issue, isn't it? It is, Sinead, I suppose, a massive issue um, all across the country. Um, that article, I suppose, just uh, was focused on the East Galway, um, kind of, uh, which would be known as a kind of hurling heartland um, over the years. Uh, but you could just just as, just as easily transfer to areas in Offaly, Carlow, even places like Kenny, you know, that would be regarded as the hurling stronghold, one of the hurling strongholds in the country. But like, it's just, it, it doesn't make any difference. Um, trends are the same, population trends are the same, and I'd say that my own club in St Mullins, um, for years, like it's a numbers game when it comes down to it, and the way demographics are going, like with the with the move to more uh, urban centres and where the population is, and where our employment is, it's a hard thing to see how how it can be kind of that, that slide can be uh, I suppose stopped or, or, or even slowed down even you know yeah definitely like you know you kind of put your finger on it there when you said that you know if there's if the amenities aren't there if the work isn't there you know depending on how your town or village is is getting on economically that is going to have a major impact on how the GAA club um, is doing ultimately yeah, absolutely. Like, but say even in that article, you had uh, Noel Larkin mentioning about his own uh, village and the way it had five or six pubs and um, businesses, shops, you know, um, post office. And now he's after buying the pub, the local the last pub that closed, just to wake and have a still have a drink in his own local locality. Like, you know. Um, that's I, it like yeah, yeah I, I read that and, and that was hugely <laughs> surprising to hear that like you know absolutely and like what you have I suppose I suppose long before in the last 50, maybe 50 years ago uh, even before that each locality was almost self-contained um, you didn't really go for, too far outside your own local area to find your your um, your employment uh, you know opportunities um Whereas now there's very little of that to be got in in local areas. Like you know, people are moving up to cities, moving out of the country, uh, and there's not much to be there's not much employment to be had in rural Ireland, and that's 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 a problem. And as regards the small clubs, and it seems to be more of a hurling thing maybe than football. Maybe I, I'm I'm wrong now, but like uh, hurling seems to always has been more of a niche game in 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 the greater scheme of the GA. Like you know, um, 
I suppose just a harder game to to supply or to to get out with the with the actual hurl itself. You know, you can get football and start kicking around the field, and you're playing football, like you know. But it just takes a bit more to get the hurling off the ground and 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 get it, you know, get into houses. And um, yeah, like it. You do see where uh, areas where clubs are are starting to amalgamate, and in some areas it works, in some areas it doesn't. Like you know. Um, I know that, like in my own club in St. Mullins, we were lucky enough that there is only hurling in, in the parish and only the GAA, but in other clubs in other areas in the country, like there, there are the competing games of soccer, rugby, and, and other sports that do and will take, you know, young people and and more power to them, I say, like, you know, it's, it's the the GAA doesn't have a monopoly on, on, uh, on young talent and children growing up. You know, each child should have the opportunity to play as many sports as they can and, and then make their choice after that, like, you know, but you can only compete for, uh, you know, fight your own corner after that, like, you know, and, and uh, small r- rural clubs are, are losing out on players and losing out on, on potential just because, again, it just comes down with a numbers game. And, um, like Pat, you did mention there, you know, amalgamation and, you yeah. know, you were saying like it works for some, it doesn't work for others. I mm. think for a lot of clubs, it is the last resort, isn't it? Like it's something that they don't want to do. Sometimes they feel they have to do. But, you know, yourself, like as being a club man yourself, like yeah. love, loving your club, people don't want to lose that identity, don't they, not of, of joining with another club. But sometimes they're left with no choice. Absolutely not, and like um, I, I can't. I suppose if it was the case that the worst came to worst in my own club in St Mullins, uh, down in South Carlow, which is, I suppose you, you know today that we're the wedge, of, the tip of the wedge between Carlow and Kenny, but we're. Um, the next uh, club up to us is one of Rangers. Uh, and like, I suppose like Tony Kilkenny said in the heart again, like they had to, like it's his own club to Tormer, they had to go to, to their, 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 what, what he would say, their enemy Mullah and, and join at, at juvenile level. Um, we would, uh, well thanks we were, were still able to, able to feel at juvenile level, but like we wouldn't, we wouldn't be competing, we wouldn't be contesting it at the upper, at the upper top end of the table at juvenile level. Um, but if worse came to worse, we'd have to maybe maybe consider it. I'd say let it blow and say, well, it should be for saying, but we might, we might could see ourselves in, I don't know, 20, 10, 20, 30 years' time, maybe looking at um, joining with Munster Rangers uh, at, at maybe underage level. Now, I don't think, maybe, I, I can't see it happening, but, you know, um, if population trends were stay going and with a certain drop-off in, in interest in, in, the, in uh, younger players and, um, you know, we, we're finding it difficult to, to feel it. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's just the reality of things. Like, you know, um, one thing I suppose that did come into my mind in, in, from reading that article was the game itself, like, Jays, is welded to the 15-a-side game, you know. Um, and it could be a situation where if, if clubs wanted to maintain their identity, that maybe the, the GA might look at, at, at smaller sided games, 13, 12, 11, you know, like there, there is, we have seven aside competitions going on every so often, like, you know, so that could be way, way, way down the line, but for, uh, for, 
preserving localities and, and club identities, maybe that might be something that might be looked at and, and investigated by the GA in the future. Yeah, and do you think that's like what needs to happen now? Is the GAA really need to kind of have a really good, hard look at this and look at implementing policies whereby, you know, you can protect and preserve these rural clubs across the country? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Like the, the, at the end of the day, the GA is, is, the, is one of the one the, the the greatest amateur organisation, sporting organisations in the world. Like it's it's it has its faults. You know, we we all know that, but it still has to be commended for what it, what it has become over since eighteen eighty four. That in Thurles, that time when 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 it was founded. But because of what it has become, I suppose it's incumbent on the association then to look and and realise the responsibility it has because you know you can't you can't um, you can't lay claim to kind of a cultural identity of a game or a sport uh, and then neglect it you know it, it, it works both ways you know they're, they're, it's incumbent on the on the association to look after its heartland you know it's, it's very easy to say you know uh, in September or as July has become now when the big days are there and Limericks and the Kerrys and Dublins and you know Corks and all these places are are, are putting on a showcase and you see everybody um, see the GA in its finery as we call it but even in those counties I would say like in, in the areas in Cork in Limerick I'm sure there's plenty of, of smaller clubs that are, are under the same pressure as many of the clubs that were mentioned in that article in Galway you know like there's many in all Ireland middle came over those places in Galway and now they're struggling like you know um, as I said their their ambition now is to provide maybe a, a player for a county minor team or as I said an A grade player you know whereas 20, 20 years ago and it was it um, the time of wonder Ireland in the early 90s like you know so that that's not going to happen anymore. We have uh, like a team, even smaller teams in Kenny, like Glenmore, have won Club All Ireland. Um, Buckley, uh, St Martins are former Club All Ireland winners. Like I can, I'd say for sure you couldn't ask any man in the St Martins club if they have a chance of winning an All Ireland any time in the future, and say, I'm sure they'll say no. And, you know, it's, it's be a freak occurrence if not as a club of that stature was to come forward I mean again um, you know with, with with the numbers ill they're working from yeah. so um, it's look at it it's, uh, it's something you've got to get down for hours and hours and I, I think it'll take a lot of um, a big thing tank in, 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 in Crow Park to, to attack it but I think it needs to be done you know it mm. needs to be done and do you think it's a it's a thing like I know the GAA gets accused a lot uh, Pat of neglecting the club player I know that they introduced the uh, the split season this year to try and kind yeah. of uh, address that but they probably you know do not need to go a bit further when it comes to looking after uh, the, the club and, and the club player yeah well look at the, the split season is is well, I suppose this is the first year of it now with the with the county season over in July. Um, you would see that there are there is a bit more of uh, I suppose media coverage of the club game nationally, but at the same time, um, again, that doesn't address the fact that clubs are are struggling. Yeah, you will have in 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 counties you'll have clubs. And I suppose it's it's more it's. It, I'd say maybe take Waterford for example with with Bally Gunner. Um like Bally Gunner years ago would have been a rural club but Waterford has, has expanded out to Dunmore Road and, and there you have Bally Gunner is 
Like it's a huge club. That's huge numbers. And and they're after winning their nineteen or hurling title in a row there in Watford and if you ask anybody in Watford, it's hard to see anybody going to compete against them because they have the, they have a massive, a massive kind of a hinterland, and it's it's, it's only bigger it's going to get. Like you know, as as the city expands out, and Valley Gunner is not really, you couldn't say it's really, it's almost a, an urban club now on the edge of Watford City. I was done more road, you know, and they'll 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 would would be inclined even to attract other players from inside the city like you know because I'm not sure what parish rule in Watford is, does, it, does, it, does it exist so that's kind of I don't think it is actually I was speaking to someone a couple yeah. of months ago and I don't think it, it does which but yeah an interesting point that you bring up there about yeah, the parish rule know, as well yeah like and that's so the most uh, noteworthy example of, of similar thing happening recently was Shane Walsh's, Shane, Shane Walsh's transfer from his, his own club in, in Galway up to Kilmogal Crokes in Dublin and, and uh, again a super club like uh, in, in Dublin as we call it again number wise and, and um, numbers wise and, and um, I suppose resource financial resources wise uh, that can compete uh, and, and attract all these players now his own club were going to come out against us initially, but I don't think that was going to do anyone any favours either. Like you know, that's where that's the no. trouble we have. You know, that's the trouble we have. You know, if they had dug their heels in, maybe Shane Walsh wouldn't play football with anybody this year. You know, he wouldn't. He might decide to look at if after all the club, all the years I've given to the club, that's what they think of me. They, they won't let me go and make my own decision for my future. I won't play with my own club. Like you know, so that's the kind of thing. You know, you, you lose players, but that's how you, you can't do anything about it. You, I suppose you have to wish him the best of luck through gritted teeth at the same time but it's yeah. so hard to, to, to how to, to work out how you hold on to them and how the GA can do to, hold, to help close in, the, in that situation That's the thing um, uh, Pat like you know you, you know, you mentioned there Shane Walsh like it is a very delicate issue and it's a tough one to try and navigate as well because you don't want to you know, you don't want to begrudge them of um, a future whereby, you know, they, they're moving to, to Dublin or to wherever this big city mm. is and they're going to be, um, you know, further in their studies or further in their career. But still, you, you, you feel like you need those players to keep the, the club alive. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a tricky one to, to navigate, isn't it? It is, yeah. Like, and, and I think again, the article I can't remember which which of the the localities it was um, over in Galway, where he said like uh, if investment was put into the area um, as regards uh, wife or sorry broadband and and things like that, that it would be a no brainer for families to move in to move in for work purposes because now of its proximity to Galway and Athlone and, and large population centres and and, and uh, the actual road infrastructure so you know maybe I suppose maybe if there was if the GA could lobby the government to again improve a lot of, of lo- local areas as regards Wi-Fi hubs and, and, and work hubs and that kind of thing where maybe families would maybe think twice about moving away or moving away moving from those areas into into the more larger and orb, larger urban areas where you would have the infrastructure that you would need I suppose because a lot of a lot of uh, commerce is done online now um, as opposed nowadays you know so you know that you could you could have your you could have successful business in 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 your local area in your in the countryside or in your in your rural uh, parish and then uh, by the end of, of keeping people in their areas then maybe the 
pub one close, maybe a little local shop a bit, stay open, and you'll have your little parish hub there, you'll have your GA club, and, uh, you know, you'll be able to keep things going and, and keep your keep the young people in the area and, you know, club wouldn't die. Maybe yeah. less of the amalgamations would need to happen, but, like, it's very difficult, very difficult. You know, each family and each each person has to make their the best decision for themselves. But um, if if they're not swayed by what's available in their own local area and they're not attracted by what's available in their own local area, they'll have to go and make their best decision for their own future as well. And at the end of the day, the GA club will be down the list of priorities. Um, like, when they make that decision, uh, they'll go and make their best decision for their own future and their family's future. And wherever they go, probably the first thing they'll do is look up the local GA club and want to join that and, and that's where those uh, clubs will they're, they're the clubs that will benefit and it's they're the clubs local areas or the rural isolated club that will, will lose out you know yeah, definitely. And I know it sounds like a, a cliche and we hear it all the time, but it is true that the GAA club is the heartbeat of of, of communities, particularly rural communities, uh, Pat. And I know how much it meant to you, like, you know, playing for your club throughout the years and St Mullins winning the county final this year and going on now to play yeah. uh, St um, Ferns, Ferns yeah. now in, in yeah. a couple of weeks' yeah. time. Actually, Ferns is very close to where I live. But no, it really is. It's really important that we, we pre- preserve those uh, clubs but listen as you said Pat we could be talking about it all day but it was really fascinating discussion with you and thanks so much for, for joining me on full time today not a bit changed for any time you can give a chat no problem thanks a million Pat um, that was uh, that was Pat Cody there former Carlo Hurler uh, St Mullins man as well um, talking about the crisis facing rural clubs across the country if you do have any opinions or thoughts on that uh, or if it's affecting your local club do get in contact with us on the dinners ready text and whatsapp line it's 0833069696 going to take a quick ad break now coming up after the break we will be talking about all the football that happened over the weekend in Carlow. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartzskoda.ie. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartzskoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. A really interesting chat there with Pat Cody just before the break, talking about uh, the decline of rural uh, GA clubs across the country. So really intriguing conversation there with Pat. As I said, if you do have any thoughts on that yourself, if you can see that it is impacting your own club, do get in contact. Uh, the text line there, the dinner's ready text and WhatsApp line 083 306 9696. Uh, now lots of club action in Carlow at the weekend. Uh, Aero Og uh, will play uh, Ratvilly after Aero Og had a comprehensive win over Balnebrana on Saturday. KCLR commentator Brendan Hennessy caught up with their manager Turlock O'Brien after the game. Have a listen. It's It's been a strange year again, this thing of you know the league football league being in February, March, April then we're not playing again until the end of the year it's just a crazy way to run a football competition in the county and it's high time it was looked at it's not fair that the football clubs are going second again for a third year in a row 
Yeah, and would you be in favour of the All Like last weekend should have been the All Ireland football final, the week before the All Ireland hurling. Would you be in favour? I'm one of the old stagers. I, I'd like it back that way, split season. But I spoke to Nicky Brennan last week, former president, and he said they should really give it two years to see how it works out. What's your own good feeling on it? Because it's not the same, is it? I mean, we had a county hurling final in the middle of summer. The, the kids are on school, in school. You know, it, it doesn't work out well. Yeah, look, there's. It's a hugely complex uh, area for the GA to be fair to everybody involved because there's so many strands to it. You know, there's the obviously the dual situation, hurling a football, then there's inter-county and club. And trying to marry all that together is not simple. And uh, they're trying their best to facilitate everybody by split the seasons they have. Uh, in some ways it works very well because players like to play week on, week off, or, or certainly you know, regular games rather than have lengthy gaps between games and from the counting perspective, you know, they got a bit of momentum there through the the uh, qualifier competition there and uh, you know, um they actually gone a bit longer, I would say. Like, and uh, then it came to a shuddering halt, really. And the best of the the, the, the weather is ahead of us, like, and, and, and no games for them, you know. But they didn't open up for the, for the hurling here in Carlow, I suppose. And um, you know, they had the best the, the best time of year to play a hurling, I suppose. But now St Mullins have a huge gap to before the Blenheim Club Championship, like. So it's it's very hard to get it right for everybody. Uh, but my own my own gut feeling is that we have to go uh, alternate hurling and football in the club competition. Because because uh, both codes need to be treated the same. Yeah. Okay, Turlo. Well, listen, well done tonight. Look forward to seeing you in the knockout stages, and it could turn into be a fantastic Carlow Football Championship. We look forward to that, and thanks for your time. Thanks, Ben, and hopefully it will. And uh, it was a great evening here for football, isn't it? Powerful. That was uh, Turlock O'Brien there speaking to our very own KCLR commentator Brendan Hennessy there at the weekend. Uh, just before we played that piece of audio there, I was saying that Aero Og will now play Rath Villy uh, in the quarter final, so it's going to be a repeat of last year's county final, Aero Og and Rath Villy. We are coming now. I hope that you did enjoy the show um, and make sure to tune in next week as well. You'll be back here with me from six o'clock. Coming up now, as always, we're going to be joined by the lovely Owen Kerr. Do join me back here again next week. I'll chat to you again very soon. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahards, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartskoda.ie.